Tonto Boys. Oh, God, again? Come on. <laughs> One of these episodes will actually get it right. Well, but, in our defense, when we did Pedro Boys, we still were doing Poe Boys, so it was alternating. But now, you know, Tonto Boys is the podcast. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, and it's certainly... Listen, on Twitter, we said Rosario Boys, and... I, look, I said that. We're going to talk about that we should just get right into it, right? Yeah, we should we should just get right into so it. Gotta, so news, 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 about. news, news. Tentatively, but I mean, the sites that are reporting it are increasingly legitimate. Yeah, and I don't think it's been on StarWars.com yet. No, mainly there's because no there's official. nothing going on right now, so they really want to slow roll any content that they're creating. I guess so. I guess so. Oh man, I can already feel so many tangents coming up. So many uh, different things I want to talk about. Um, yeah, about. A week ago now? A little over a week ago? Um, yeah, a week um, and a half ago when this when this the, episode comes out. Yeah, the, the room mill started churning, and uh, like I said, it, it made its way up from, like, at first it was, like, sort of third-tier comic book news sites that you have uh-huh. to take with a grain of salt, but it eventually made it up to, you know, IGN and um, uh, theforce.net finally picked it up very late in the game. Uh, rumor has it. That they have cast a live-action Ahsoka Tano for season two of The Mandalorian. Very, very exciting. Yes. Now, yes. It's so. There's two aspects to it um, yes. that I want to talk about. Is okay. Ahsoka the character coming into live action, and then Rosario Dawson being picked? Because yes. I feel like yes, a lot of people are can, creating those as a singular thing, mm-hmm. which is kind of making it difficult to talk about it online because at the at the top of it ahsoka mm-hmm. lives ahsoka is in the mandalorian she's mm-hmm. going to see the child presumably yeah. i would imagine yeah. she's still on the search for ezra yes maybe is sabine there as well you know sabine may or may not be there I feel like you have to at least mention her in that context. Yeah, and the other thing too is Sabine makes more sense than Ahsoka because Sabine is a, is right. an actual Mandalorian, right? Not right. like but this adopted Mandalorian that has this really dumb looking oh name, but <laughs> is like part of the squad. And of course, Sabine also at one point wielded the dark saber. Um, Oh, but, yeah, she's going to be mad when she finds out where the Darkslaver is now. Yeah, well, but as we're about to find out, you know, Ahsoka did play a role in an integral part of Mandalorian history that we're about to see in some upcoming episodes of Clone Wars with the Siege of Mandalore. Um, yeah, I guess, so, well, I think let's get the Rosario Dawson out of the way real quick. You and I discussed briefly, like, to what extent we talk about this and how do we talk about it, and mm-hmm. you uh, brilliantly said, I'm sure we'll handle it with our trademark tact and grace. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I did not know at the time of, of the casting when I first saw the news that uh, there are some very serious allegations against Rosario Dawson or her family. I wasn't I wasn't aware of any of that for some some pretty heinous stuff. Uh, obviously, you know, pending the the how that all turns out, that's very upsetting. Um, I suspect that the announcement of her being cast in Star Wars will only intensify the, um, the scrutiny of those allegations, hopefully, and maybe at some point we will we'll be able to get to the bottom of that, I guess. Um, 
they're very serious. And I think that the only thing I can truthfully say is I don't, I don't, before I knew about those allegations, just based on what I have seen her in in the past as a performer, can obviously not speak to her as a person or how she treats other people. Uh, as a performer, I've been very impressed with her acting in the past. I thought she was very good in Daredevil and stuff like that. So my gut reaction was, was excitement. Um, but obviously, I do not want some person who has done horrible, horrible things to be representing this character that is so near and dear to me. Um, so I don't know, I guess TBD on, on all of that, which is a pretty cowardly stance to take, I suppose. But I, you know, there's only so much information about it out there right now. Um, well, it brings so up, I, it brings up two things based on mm-hmm. what you just said. One mm-hmm. being, I'm trying to think of another actor in Star Wars that came with so much baggage before when they were cast. Yeah, when they were cast, because, mm-hmm. you know, there's, you know, actors left and right getting me tooed. Actors say very, very dumb things or they say things like that's not at that's not appropriate at the time. So an example I think of is um, Evan Woods, who's the lead actress in um, Westworld. Evan Rachel Wood. Evan Rachel Wood. Sorry. Um, and she made a negative comment about Kobe Bryant within like seven hours of um, him dying in that helicopter crash with his daughter. And Kobe Bryant had, you know, a checkered past. He certainly did things that are reprehensible, um, but he was trying to redeem himself as far as, you know, people can tell on the outside, he was a very good father and, she kind of got lit up for that on Twitter. There's a bunch of people that were trying to boycott Westworld because of that. Um, but I'm curious. I haven't. I, I I can't really think of another Star Wars actor or um, somebody that is rumored to be on Star Wars that has kind of had this level of um, animosity just right out the well, right, right out the gate. And I I think beyond that regardless of um this is beyond saying stuff this is beyond stupid comments mm-hmm. the allegations are much more serious than that and they they are you know allegations of abuse um and discrimination uh, much more active things i mean people have uh you know a right to express opinions and they have the responsibility to um get the, the recourse of, of exposing those opinions if, if mm-hmm. they're stupid or, or the, the public deems them stupid. But, uh, I don't know, obviously these are, this is, this is not a matter of, of someone saying something stupid in an interview, all of Liam Neeson or something like that, that that's obviously also very serious. Um, so, Oh yeah, that's, know, a, that's guess, a good, that's a good example. Yeah. So I guess my, uh, I was, I, you know, I'm not going to lie and say I wasn't initially excited. I, I really enjoy Rosario Dawson as an actress in the, in the things I've seen her in, but I, you know, again, very serious, um, allegations. So like Pete mentioned though, I think very smartly, um, differentiating between the fact that she's being cast. Um, and I've already expressed my jumbled emotions on that. Um, but the fact, I think we can also, I think we can fairly freely express some excitement about just the fact that Ahsoka Tano is being brought into live action. And what that means for the character and the character seeing a broader audience. And I also think, and actually Eckstein actually made a statement 
Oh, did she? Um, and she, I mean, she basically said, you know, I'm one of a myriad of people that's responsible for Ahsoka Tano, which is um, very humble and, and big of her to say, because reality is, you know, a huge amount of the acting in, in animation also comes down to the animators and how they animate facial expressions uh-huh. and what they do with the face. And it, it, it is a collaboration with many, many people from concept artists to, you know, visual effects and all that stuff. And she, you know, she, she mentioned that um, and she just said, I'm not involved with this at all. I have no idea. No one's told me anything. <laughs> um, oh, really? But I... Yeah, but I, I think, you know, on the one hand, it's always, um, it can be precarious when a beloved character is, is recast or brought into a different light, but I also think um, it can be the mark of a truly great character is that they have the, the staying power and they, and they compel people sufficiently that they do not um, crumble into obscurity, they are readapted. You know, you James Bond, Batman, uh, you know, Clarice Starling, you Ahsoka know, all, Tana. all kinds of, <laughs> right, exactly. She's, she's joined the, the hollow ranks of, of these incredible characters that speak to, um, fans so much that they, you know, they outlive or, I mean, not, not that they outlive, no one's, you know, dying or anything, but they, you know, they take on a, a, a larger shape and they become, you know, a symbol that is inhabited by a great number of, of people. So um, that makes me think of, you say all those characters, which are characters that have spanned for decades. And I'm really mm-hmm. curious. I mean, I've never really thought of Ahsoka as this, as that character that is going to span, like this character has existed for a decade mm-hmm. and is kind of cemented herself. The character has cemented herself as, being on that level of people mm-hmm. um, being extremely excited, people knowing the character at this point. I think that if you're, you know, a Star Wars fan, you have some interaction and you know who Ahsoka Tano is. You know that Anakin had a Padawan. Um, the other point that I was going to bring up is I'm also curious if how how that's going to look, how a Rosario Dawson Ahsoka is going to look. Is it going to be... Like, does she keep her face and it's her voice, um, her face and her voice? Oh, I think, yeah, I think if they got Rosario Dawson, she's, if they perhaps went with a no-name actor or something like that, maybe there'd be some wiggle room. But I think if you're getting Rosario Dawson, you're, I mean, it's going to be her performance. It's going to be her face. It's going to be her voice. Yeah, because I, I just don't really, it's also interesting to see the live action of that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I would be lying if I didn't begin to pretty quickly daydream of opening up one of Pablo Hidalgo's visual dictionaries for like the Mandalorian and seeing just a live action still of Ahsoka Tano in her end of Rebels gear. I mean, I, you know, I, oh my gosh, I didn't even think about that. Oh, I'm such a freaking, literally hairs of my arm are standing up right now. Yeah, and there's that really cool staff, too. <laughs> right. I'm just, uh, I'm so excited, and I I love this character so much. Um, so I, it is it is a little muddy right now, but uh, I just, I guess to separate those two things, as hard as I can be, and maybe it's irresponsible of us to do so, but I mean, I can't lie. I'm very excited for Ahsoka's story to continue. Um, you know, even if, should, you know, should those allegations prove um, you know, very actionable and, you know, 
cast someone else, whatever, but that we're going to continue to see chapters in, in Ahsoka's life. I don't think that they can cast. Very I think that they've already shot a bunch of stuff. It does seem like you, they're a good chunk of the way through season two. Expe- well, especially for Ahsoka, that, that character, because it's not like... I would at least hope that they're not doing the same kind of live action that they did with the Twi'lek in the prison break episode, because mm-hmm. I have a long history of hating Twi'lek. So that there's that, but it's one of my favorite things about you. Um, I just didn't think that looked very good. Yes. I know. I agree. Part of me though, wonders if that was intentional because I think that some of the Twi'leks or the, the few that you see, it may only be in return of the Jedi, but they, they kind of the tentacles. I think in the original trilogy also looked kind of bad. Oh, so you think it's a direct nod to? I I don't know. I just can't help but wonder. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, it's it's an exciting time uh, for Tano heads out there. Uh, perhaps a confusing time. Um, I did certainly jump the gun with my hashtag Rosario voice tweet, which is the only thing I've done on our Twitter account in months. So <laughs> I guess I'm just going to go back to never touching it again. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you do you have anything else on that? Oh, I have a few I'm, more things. I mean, I am really just getting excited for our big announcement um, that we oh, have we coming have up next up? week. Oh, oh. Uh, but do you have anything hmm. else before we get into our big 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 announcement well i guess the big announcement should be the last thing before we talk about the episode right yeah um yeah so okay so i do have two other things one a little meteor i do a quick thing i just i'm sure it's out there already i did i didn't realize it but all of star wars resistance is on disney plus now both seasons oh really um season two up to the series finale it's all on disney plus that's really cool if for whatever reason, and let me tell you, the stats could not indicate more that this is not the case. But if for whatever reason you found us as a Clone Wars podcast uh, and you're thinking about, you know, watching some more Star Wars, you know, while everybody's self-quarantining and things like this, Star Wars Resistance is available on Disney Plus and Poe Boys have provided expert analysis and commentary on every single episode of Star Wars Resistance. Yes, expert so, analysis. You know, expert Analysis. Deep dives. Um, so that's out there. Even those hot takes, they're volcanic. All right. We mm-hmm. did those episodes a long time ago. I, okay. I don't even remember the last time we did those episodes. Like, I was a different person. <laughs> I was still swole, was still huge, know. but I don't like. Maybe I'll listen to them in my, you know, I'm in day 10 of my self quarantine. Oh, okay. So, You're getting there. Um, I'm. Yeah. Go ahead, Josh. Yeah. I. It's fine. I don't want to talk about virus stuff too much. My girlfriend works at a hospital is all I'm going to say. Um, oh, it's getting bad here. Apparently somebody sprayed a nurse with Lysol because they're like, oh I know gosh. what you do for a living. And there are people turning on each other. Um, yeah, it, I should say it hasn't gotten that chaotic, but um, I am I am a scant few degrees of separation away from it. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, le- less than perhaps is comfortable, sufficient to make me concerned that, um, like, I don't know, maybe I should just stay inside and perhaps I am one of these asymptomatic folks that, you know, might be having the potential spread. I don't know. I don't know. 
it, you know, who, who knows? It just, uh, you know, it's interesting. It's interesting. Um, but yeah, if you're, if you're self quarantining and you're looking for something to watch, you know, check out an episode of resistance. You're obviously binging stuff. Listen okay. Listener, like you're, you're Which binging something. My next thing. Right. Like yeah. I'm binging stuff. Josh is binging stuff. I'm, I'm on season <sighs> three of, um, Star Trek new new generation next generation new generation so I've heard that that's where it really gets good oh really I I just I, picked I've something that was so long there slow. are 178 episodes and they are yeah, 50 yeah. minute episodes it is so much yeah it's that's TV in the 90s for you I don't I don't um, even know how you could like I mean clearly they didn't put that much money into like their set designs and stuff but like mm-hmm. the idea of doing that now with like these huge production production companies like doing 22 episodes of game of thrones or like oh I, let's stay on let's stay on brand doing 22 episodes of the mandalorian yeah we'd have content it for days done, but yeah, yeah we'd have so much have content to. but the thing i think the thing that star trek is um and again i'm not a star trek ex- expert by any means but i think star trek really boasts um it's like a very story forward show since the original series it's it's always been more philosophical and and narratively driven in such a way that it's like week to week kind of complete little stories there are very few arcs there are very few arcs in the show yeah and i I think the scripts kind of are are more in front um and that allows them to maybe get you know get away with a little wiggle room i'm watching the witcher i don't know why um that song Um, was stuck in my head um, the, the, the yeah, it's stuck in my head too, and I don't even like it. And um, here's the thing I too: like is I don't know the lyrics to it, so I just kind of hum. Oh, that's a bummer. Mm-hmm. And then I say toss a coin a couple times. Yeah, that sounds par for the course with what I know of your um, musical aptitude. And we're topic uh, change, okay? Because I'm gonna get I'm, I'm gonna get very offended soon. Okay, great. Anyway, I like it when the Witcher says the f word. I guess. Uh, speaking for of friendship, binging, the other point I for work podcast. When he says, "I'll be your, I'll be your friend." Oh right. Yes. 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 Yeah, there would be like, like he'll be in a situation and things don't go his way, and then he'll just be like, "Friendship." Yeah, it gets Um, it gets him in a lot of trouble. So here's something you know, dads. You know about dads, Pete. You've got. I haven't seen him. Um, (laughs) And that's because of self quarantine. That's not because. Uh, sure. Him being upset at me or me not having my one. dad emailed me something for the podcast this morning. Did he email uh, Po Boy's podcast? No, of course not. <laughs> and I gotta tell you, it was is good. I'm thankful he he brought it to my attention. Um, Washington Post did for self quarantine the ultimate guide to your Star Wars binge. Wow. Okay. In which, in which. Um, the, the writer posited a viewing order for uh, Star Wars if you are, you know, self-quarantining at home and looking for something to do. Um, David Betancourt, the reporter for, for Washington Post, did this on uh, March 24th, 2020. Um, so I was going to show, I was going to tell you the order he proposed. Um, and this is a question my girlfriend and I have talked about a lot for years and years now, has been a point of discussion uh, slightly different, not quite a binge, but her and I have always kind of had a debate over what order do you introduce your children to Star Wars in? And so I've had a lot of thought on viewing order. So the viewing order proposed uh, by this gentleman in his piece 
is as follows. Solo, Rogue One, <laughs> yep. 8, Episode okay, 2. so I'm going to read it now? Yeah, go ahead. The original trilogy. Okay. Episode 1, Episode okay. 2, The Clone Wars, Episode 3, Rebels, Rogue One, Solo, The Marvel Comics, Mandalorian, Sequel Trilogy. Um, Interesting. I have some thoughts. Uh, first, I do think that's a good... If you're, if you're, binge, if you're binging for a year... Definitely, you could. Yeah, well, if you want to substitute substitute, like (laughs) math or English for your kids' education, and (laughs) instead give them the comic series, um, right, right. I, I can, I can appreciate him throwing the um, the Marvel comics in there. I don't think, I don't think that you. I, I appreciate the recommendation that you read the Marvel comics. I think those comics cover a wide enough array. That it, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, it would be weird to throw them in there. But so the order he seems to kind of be going in is a loose release order, but the Clone Wars plugged in there before episode three. And then sort of appendices, kind of Rebels, Rogue One, Solo, and the comics serving as sort of an appendices before you move into uh-huh. um, the post-Return of the Jedi era. So I've been thinking about this a lot. Um, I don't necessarily have a definitive answer. I also want to pause it. Um, another popular viewing order I've heard, and this was for the Lucas saga. Really? This was, okay. a, this was a something people threw out there before the Disney buyout, but something I still hear people talk about, uh, particularly like how, what, what order you show your kids, is A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back. Empire Strikes Back, you get the revelation of Vader's Luke's father. I'm so sorry. Spoilers, I'm so sorry. Uh, so you do four and five, and then you go back and watch the prequel trilogy and figure out the truth to what Darth Vader says, and then you watch episode six. I've heard people talk about that and, and showing it to their friends in that order and having some success with that. Um, I have for a long time, and this is not necessarily a binge order, mind you. I have, like I said, I've thought about this a lot in terms of how would I show it to my kids if I had my druthers. Uh, side note, I have for a long time had the idea for a short story percolating in my head for um, a parent who is a casual Star Wars fan whose kid comes home from a sleepover and has just randomly seen Return of the Jedi and it's their first Star Wars movie and it absolutely ruins the parent's day because they had all these great plans for how they're going to show their kid Star Wars. I haven't written it yet. One day. Um, I, for a kid, always thought probably the safest bet would be one, two, Clone Wars, and then just keep them watching Clone Wars for their entire childhood, because episode three gets real dark. Because um, I, I am not convinced that a little kid will love the original trilogy in this day and age. I don't know. I mean, we did. But again, you know, storytelling evolves. Um, it gets quicker. The shorthand uh, gets more, more digested by a general public. Um, but in recent years... So, but this, these are separate questions. So I, the binge order for me, I'm really starting to think about the potential of binging some Star Wars uh, during self-quarantine, particularly with Rise of Skywalker coming out on Blu-ray this Tuesday. Hopefully, I, maybe I can order it online or something. We'll see. I think I'm just going from my quarantine binge to just watch the Skywalker saga. Uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. And I might, I might try and stack it up that way, like watch the prequels in a day, watch the originals in a day, watch the sequels in a day, and leave the, the kind of appendices, Rogue One and Solo, behind. Um, 
I don't know. What what do you have? Do you have any thoughts on on binge order or or what sorts of binges and fans as well? I thought about putting a poll out on Twitter for what fans were kind of binging and what they thought, but then you know, hashtag Rosario Boys or whatever. I'm getting away from Twitter. I think that uh, poll would probably yeah, do pretty that? well. Um, for me, yeah. I wish you know, and I haven't read this Washington Post article. I think it would be nice to kind of do the Disney Plus binge and then the like deep dive binge because when you said the star wars marvel comics for Mm -hmm. me personally if somebody curated because those comics are all over the place right they do different storylines and Mm -hmm. i would say uh, currently a vast majority of them are between episode four Uh and five but they go they go all over the place they have little mini series all over the place so if somebody curated like you know you read you watch episode two and then here's the comics. Although I don't think there's comics. Yeah, I guess there, there are clone wars comics for sure. Or there's, yeah, there's a mini series about Anakin and Obi-Wan that takes place about halfway between Phantom Menace and attack. of the Yeah. So I would say I really like his suggestion, but in that, in that, like here you can read a couple of things and then get you to that point. Um, I would even Mm -hmm. like the idea of, you read the comics first and then you watch the movie leading up to it. Um, um, all the Disney era star Wars releases do have some sort of mini series that is released in conjunction with them. So with force awakens, they did a mini series, um, shattered empire. Right. Okay. That yeah, takes yeah. place immediately after the battle of Endor. Um, Rogue One, they did, gosh, I'm totally blanking on it. They did a, I know they did at least a standalone okay. issue about K2SO and Cassian Andor. Um, boy, this is embarrassing that I can't remember what the other comic time for that was. Uh, episode 8, they did a Captain Phasma series that followed Captain Phasma in the immediate aftermath of Force Awakens. Solo, they did a comic about Lando. So it's, it suffice um, to say that they have jumped character to character, they've yeah, jumped movie to yeah. movie. So I would I would I would say that kids can certainly handle some of the tropes and some of the content that happens. Um, I think it's an all right way to introduce that. Granted, I'm not going to parent your kid and I'm not the one paying for your kid's therapy. So take that (laughs) with a grain of salt. Um, Yeah. But I mean, I we both saw new hope and empire strikes back and all that stuff. I probably said that was like a five year or six year old. If I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't remember it, but I would be shocked if I don't, if I didn't see that because those are just like VHS tapes, um, that yeah. were just lying around my house. Um, so I'm sure yeah. my like mom was just like, I don't want to deal with my kid for two hours here. Watch this movie. <laughs> I, I would say my most realistic recommendation, and I, I would also say this is for showing your kids or um, binging during quarantine, is just, you know, if you have Just talk to your kids, rebels, all right? They, yeah, just talk to Hey, how about just sit down for dinner? How about turn off the your TV? Your kids probably have some how hobbies. About, you know what? Maybe they want to get to know, you know, their parents, Right. Mm -hmm. Like maybe you didn't know that your dad was in the same frat as Harrison Ford and was in an orchestra Mm -hmm. and played the tuba for six years of his life. Maybe. Uh And hey, 
maybe read a book. Has you ever think about reading a book? How about read to your? How about teach your kid to yeah. read? How about exercise? How about you exercise with your jumping kids? Jacks? Yeah, and I guess my main recommendation would be be better parents. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, you know, force that shoulder press. Um, maybe some some reverse flies. I'm, um, I'm pulling out the bow flex you know, around the world. All right, I'm pulling back. The, hmm? I'm pulling out the bow flex that I yeah, got from yeah. Kevin Sabon, um, and I am. I'm working muscles that I'm building muscles on top of my muscles right now. Oh, that's what I love to hear. I love to hear that. Um, I, th- I think the, the Washington Post list has perhaps a little too much. Com- I think the comics, you take the comics out there. I'm always, I would never include, but I'm a weirdo here. But to me, I'm like, I wouldn't include the Mandalorian in it because Mandalorian's not finished. I don't know. To me, when I'm binging, when I'm binging like a saga or You want the story to be completed? I watch the comp- or just, you know, I want to watch complete things, which is easy with movies, but like with TV shows, I don't know. It's a, that's weird of me. You I never know. send Josh um, a rough draft of anything because he'll be like, no, send, no, we'll send it to me when it's completed. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, it was, a, it was an interesting piece. Uh, I'd be curious to hear what folks out there are, are binging. I haven't um, binged too much Star Wars content, but... I think, fingers crossed, given shipping and stuff, uh, I have The Art of the Rise of Skywalker coming my way this week. I will certainly read that. I'm finishing up the Visual Dictionary. And then I, I, I think there's a pretty good chance of me binging the, the Skywalker saga. Not all of the movies, but the, the Skywalker saga um, in its entirety. And kind of trying to grapple with that in light of my um, disappointment with Episode Nine, which I'll still buy on blu-ray so for me we'll see i i think this is a great time to watch the shows would be my last thing clone wars rebels check yeah so for yeah for me i am gonna finish next generation i still have 150 Mm -hmm. episodes to go but to stay on brand what i will be doing actually is i'm gonna watch every episode of clone wars star wars rebels star wars resistance backwards so i'm gonna see where they i'm gonna see where they ended up and then i'm gonna be like what? How did how did this happen? Next episode. Oh, oh, yeah. okay. How did this happen? Oh, how did this happen? Oh, how did this happen? Brilliant, brilliant. Thirty minutes um, in. Yeah, so do you have anything else before the big yeah. big announcement? No, no, I don't. Let's talk about our big oh, big announcement. Oh wow, which heads. I'm sure fans, oh, if you're looking at the episode title of this, wow. you must have picked up on it. Sorry, I was shouting so much I didn't hear a word he just said. I, I was I was saying that if they looked at the episode title, you know. Specifically, the number of the episode. I'm sure that they're anticipating something. Well, can you even believe it, Pete? Can you even believe it? I can't. I'm really surprised. A lot of people are like, oh, you're still doing the pod? What episode are you on? (laughs) I showed it to a friend. When I think about it, I think, why? (laughs) Why, God? Why? <laughs> I, I, I um so you, you, on Instagram I know you're not on Instagram Josh people are posting um the quarantine might drive me to it so people we actually do have uh, a legit po boys Instagram I I can give you the password um no anyway I we anytime there's a picture I put the picture in there and since I don't put pictures Great. on Twitter there are two pictures right now anyway mm-hmm. people in their stories are posting, you know, what they're doing, what they're making, 
so many people are doing yoga. Um, a lot of people aren't at the gym. They don't have home gyms, so they, I don't see that many posts. But a friend of mine, she was showing a podcast where John Cena or Jericho or something, some wrestler was giving his update <laughs> of like coronavirus. And I was like, um, hold the phone. We give our updates on the coronavirus the last three episodes. Tune in. And then she listened to one. And all she said was, wow, that's a lot of downloads. What does that mean? That means she couldn't think of a single positive thing to say about the podcast. <laughs> so she was like, that's a lot of you got a lot of downloads. Wow. Wow. But. Um, episode episode one hundred, Poheads. This is episode 99. episode ninety nine. Um, we wait. When when are we gonna? So this will come out on Thursday. So sometime between this episode and the next episode, which will come out the following Thursday, we're gonna release episode one hundred. Do you have a preference for when that I, comes I, out? I think we should. Maybe I think Monday? we should do. Oh, this episode. No, the episode. Oh, episode one hundred. This because this episode is coming out on April second. Episode 101 is coming out on April 9th, some point between then. And again, I know, I know people love it when we um, stop the podcast and look at our calendars and talk about dates to release episodes. It is one of the best things we do, and it is part of the Pope drinking game. And when I'm talking about drinking, I'm talking about Mountain Dew because we are a family friend of the podcast. All right, so here's, um, here's my thought on this, Josh. I don't want okay. to know, and as long as it's not thurs- <laughs> next Thursday, because... I want you to just post it randomly and then I'm going to look at my phone because I've got nothing going on. All right. With self quarantine, okay. like the highlight of my, I walk my dog once a day so that I can finish my Pokemon go challenges. And then mm-hmm. I do some work on my computer and then that's pretty much it. And I watch next generation. Like I'll do my workout routine, obviously in between, you know, sweet, sweet reps, mm-hmm. sweet, sweet pulls, um, reps for days, but I'll be honest. Hashtag reps for days. Hashtag I'll be honest. Like I already went on my walk for the day. I really don't got nothing. Like it's about to rain soon. I have nothing going on. Like we could do another really? um, three hour <laughs> record. I'm not saying episode one is three hours long, but mm-hmm. I'm saying you you choose. All right, and I'm I'll okay. literally be screaming like, "Hey everybody, it's here! It's here!" And nobody will listen to me so because okay. I'm still self quarantining. All right, I'm going crazy. All right, so, Pete, I will say, um, stop listening for 15 seconds. I'm going to tell the audience when I'm going to post it so they know when to look for it. So tell me, say, okay, I'm away, and you cover your ears or whatever, and then I'll say when okay, I'm going to release I'm, it, okay? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to mute. Mm-hmm. I'm going to mute the conversation. I'm muting right now. Okay, so I'm, I'm just going to do it on Monday, guys. So you can expect the 100th episode of Poe Boys um, on April 6th. I figure Monday, people starting their week off would be nice to have and stuff. So maybe. I don't know. No one's going to listen. Whatever. We already recorded it. It's two and a half hours long. Okay. It's crazy. I don't know when Pete's going to come back. Um, what are you guys up to? I'm Good back. Okay. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Hello, Poheads. Did you miss me? It's Pete here. <laughs> it wasn't the same without you. 100 um, all right, so we episodes got of Poe Boys. Wow. And we let really me tell you, it. what we did for the 100th episode, oh, but what we came up with for the 200th episode, 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. I think we're going to have to do another 100 episodes of this stupid freaking show. Because the episode idea for the 200 episodes, I just love it so much. Like, I just want it on a t-shirt. Oh, really? I just want a t-shirt that just says what our idea for the 200th episode I keep, is. I keep asking <laughs> our so tech good. department to mm-hmm. open up the Etsy account so that we can get different colors of the po' boy shirt because I'm so bored. But yeah. if that ever happens, nice. Um, let's let's be in conversation about episode 100, um, extra hashtags uh-huh. that we should throw on to the po' boys account, etc. You know, quite frankly, our title for the episode 100 is good enough to go on a shirt as well. Um, not for, for you and I to wear. Uh, the last thing I'll say is, Pete, since you're going stir crazy, I think after episode 100 comes out, um, and I don't have to worry about episode numbering uh-huh. anymore, it could be worth it for us to do some bonus episodes. And um, we had talked about, well, gosh, we, could, well, we, were deciding, we were deciding whether or not this was problematic of us uh-huh. or not. And it may still be full disclosure. It was my idea, not Pete's. Yeah, but Josh Look. has my backing. Okay, so when people try to well, p- so pick, a, you know, pit us against each other, like Connor did a couple episodes ago, <laughs> that's not how this works. We uh-huh. gang up on other people. Yeah, this is not a Batman versus Superman situation. Superman. Um, there are there are some episodes of Clone Wars in season one that deal with a virus, the Blue Shadow virus, and my thought was. You know, maybe he and I, you know, maybe we'll watch it and do like a commentary on it even. Like we'll sync it up, we'll watch it at the same time and record as we watch it. I've only watched those episodes one time, the first time oh, I really? watched Clone Wars. Um, so it's just an idea of some bonus content. I I don't mean any harm in watching episodes about a virus during a virus or whatever. I just, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to come up with interesting ideas people might enjoy. Okay, let's talk about this episode of Clone Wars, um, shall we? Here, just let me now reboot my, let's just reboot my computer because it went to sleep so, so long ago. So we're covering Uh-oh. Clone Wars Season 7, Episode 6, Deal, No Deal. Halfway point, guys. Halfway, Halfway point. point. Um, our official description is Trace. Deal, No Deal. The Trace, Trace Rock? Oh, my gosh. Is that Trace's grandma? <laughs> I did not... <laughs> Okay, I'm going to be thinking about no, that for the next week. Um, Trace makes a rash decision after learning what they are transporting is for the Pike Syndicate. And very... That seems like the third sentence of a synopsis. And that's just the official description that I have. I would make a couple edits. Uh, sure. Um, in over her uh, head, so this is a sequel Ahsoka to... Buddy makes dim-witted decision after... Oh, watching goodness. her family fight in front of her on what they are pseudo transporting for bad guys. Yes. So this reminded me of an early episode, I think episode three of Star Wars Resistance with Jace Rucklin, uh, where Kaz is like sort of um, brought into the bad kid group. And this is very much a um, trace kind of the angel on her shoulder and the devil on her shoulder. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In so many words. Of course, they do talk about, you know, the reality is Rafa and Trace are in dire straits, and it is much harder for them to get by than uh, it has been for Ahsoka and her own experience. But um, they end up, you know, they're, they're down and out, and Rafa ends up going to drugs, dealing drugs, you know, transporting drugs. She, she goes the Han Solo route, literally. Um, in so many ways, literally. 
so Ahsoka ends up with these two sisters, and they it turns out they are they have agreed to smuggle spice this... for the Pike Syndicate from Kessel to the Pike Syndicate. Yeah. So two two things from um from the early beginning that made me think of Han Solo um in the Solo movie mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. you know it's clear in the episode that wow. they're spice smugglers right so um mm-hmm. from episode nine we know that poe dammer was functionally a drug dealer and th- and you can't you can't help but wonder um how similar to poe's circumstances was poe more of a trace or more of a yeah. rafa and you know on top of that though it made me think of like when han solo says hey i'm a, i'm a spice smuggler Right. Um, was he actually because in solo he doesn't. Right. He merely is going for the coaxium. So he's there not for the spice on Kessel, but for the fuel. And is this a situation right. where like he gets this reputation because everybody's like, oh, you went to Kessel. You did the Kessel, you know, brag about the, doing the Kessel run in, you know, 12 parsecs. Well, mm- I think no, because my understanding is that's the, that's why Job is after him. Job is after him because he dumped spice. The, the cargo he dumped that he was supposed to transport for Jabba the Hutt okay. was spice. He thought he was going to be boarded by Imperial, so he dumped the spice. He ended up not getting boarded, but he didn't have the spice. Um, which So for me, one of the big things in this episode, uh, and it's also cool because we talked last week. Last week's episode had a lot of tie-ins to the saga at large. It touched on... Um, Rebels, it touched on the prequels, it touched on the original trilogy, it touched on the sequel trilogy. This episode heavily touching on uh-huh. Solo. Um, to me, you know, my, as, as long as I've known about Star Wars, not quite as long, but you know, you, you are you are aware that Han Solo is in trouble with Jabba the Hutt because he dumped the spice. And in this episode, we get a visual of what that looks like. Like, we, we see spice dumped in hyperspace. Um, Trace does exactly what Han Solo did. He dumps spice, he dumps the cargo. Um, so it was, it was interesting to uh, get a visual of that. It was also interesting to get a visual of a very different side of Kessel. Yeah, that was... I'm, I'm curious... Because I thought I'm I curious heard wrong. If this is Kessel pre... So this is obviously Kessel pre-Empire. Right. Does yeah, that... Yeah. Fit, and I always assumed, like, in Solo... It's assumed that the Pikes are in control of Kessel. Right, and we see a Pike in in um, Solo. I will point out, to the best of my knowledge anyway, the first time we see Pikes is in the Clone Wars. And then they, they take that design. Put it in they, Solo. They uh, adapt it for Solo. Um, this episode, I got to tell you, uh, I've long enjoyed the design of the yeah. Pikes. They wear a lot of headgear kind of a helmet and stuff we finally to my memory this is the first time i've seen the organic face of a pike uh hey pikes you know maybe put a mask back on we got a pandemic going on maybe keep that mask on we you know? we can learn a lot maybe from the, the pikes that going through this pandemic yeah maybe i i wish i wish i hadn't seen him without the let mask. me they let me just say cool it made maybe perfect sense on. that the people that were slavers for Kessel, the mm-hmm. were Twi'leks, because Twi'leks are awful. 
Okay. The well, um, we did get to see the slaver, like the cat slaver. Uh, that was a nod. Uh, yeah. Um, the Clone, the Clone Wars, Wars uh, season four arc. I forget the name of that species, but yeah, um, they are they are the Thundercats. Yeah, the, the Thundercats. Yeah. And in, yeah, and in, no, no, in that arc, it was Degrutans, it was Ahsoka's people, it was Degrutans that were, that were, um, being rounded up for that well, one. Well, one yeah. thing that uh, makes me think about, I, I just thought about this while we are talking about it is, Ahsoka realizes that they're using a slave population too, and she has no, she has no right. interest in reporting that to the New Republic, which is interesting. Well, yeah, and I mean, who... She doesn't necessarily say, oh, I'm not going to, but she, she makes a comment along the lines of like, oh, yeah, you would think that they'd have handled this. Um, and I think, you know, Ahsoka's position right now is very in the moment. I mean, she's, it's high stakes for her minute to minute. So I don't know that she's got time to reflect, but you see her encountering all these things. When, you, when she encounters the situation um, that the Martez sisters are in, when she encounters this insane amount of manual slave labor that uh, is, is happening under the Republic and is seemingly unchecked. You can, I, I suspect as, you know, when she has a second to sit down, that this stuff is going to begin to calculate and that her, uh, her view of things is going to change. She's really, I think, learning a lot about how limited her experience actually was. Um, as vast as it was and as much of the galaxy as she has seen, you know, she has not necessarily seen all of it. And I think she's figuring that out and that she had a lot of ideas about how things were. And I think those ideas were rightfully utterly shattered at the end of season five when she was um, essentially betrayed by the Jedi Order. And now she, I think she's a lot more susceptible to new ideas and, and a wider view of things. And the dogmas that she maybe clung to as a Jedi well, are more to add on to that, too. It's clear that Ahsoka's seeing that she thought she had a wider view of the situation. She certainly does, um, compared to Rafa and Trace. Rafa points it out multiple times, mm -hmm. like, how do you know all of these different things? But Right. How do you know the Pikes are She was a commander, but she was a Padawan. So it's not like she was seeing the wider mm -hmm. scope of it, and she didn't have the benefit of experience that she has in Rebels. So it's her seeing these right. things because it's not like she was privy to all of that because her world was what was in front of her and what she was seeing through her journeys with Anakin. And I got to say, and these are these are look, ladies and gentlemen, these are thoughts that are coming to me as I say them pretty much. But it really makes me think that Anakin is in a rare situation where he is a Jedi. And so as a Jedi, he sees the galaxy as a whole. But Anakin came from slavery. Anakin is well aware of how dire the circumstances for any given person in the galaxy can be and how, how far you can fall, how bad things can be, being a slave, being a servitude. Um, and quite frankly, boy, oh boy, isn't it kind of sinister that... The, dead, the Jedi indoctrinate children so young before they have the ability to um, be cognizant of these sort of circumstances. You know, Obi-Wan Kenobi is not, you know, he's aware of it now through Anakin and stuff, but, you know, they're like, oh, we don't take old kids because old kids, you know, when you get to a certain age, you perhaps are taking in your circumstances. 
and there's attachment, but there's also a worldliness right. to that. Uh, whereas if you were a Jedi, like Ahsoka, Ahsoka yeah, we have every indication to believe that she was raised like any other Jedi, taken from her family very young, um, and didn't have the opportunity to get any sort of nuanced view other than the view the Jedi perpetuate. Whereas someone like Anakin, he's he's been around the block. He's lived hardship. He's seen what the actual galaxy is like, free of the rails that the uh, the well, Jedi he's seen, he's seen the, the galaxy outside the Republic. So he's seen the worst of yes. humanity, species, etc. Right, and he's you know also seen that. Oh, okay, just because you call something illegal, that doesn't mean anything. You know, slavery. Padme tells him, "Oh, slavery is illegal in the Republic." And even as a child, he knows. Well, that doesn't mean anything. That's just a word. Without action, that's right. just a word. You can say something's illegal. That doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Uh, whereas if you grew up in Coruscant. You know the uh, the apex of galactic law. You're very inclined to believe that illegal and illegal means this happens and this doesn't, and if this does happen, you go to jail. You know, you're very you, it it perpetuates a very by the book view of of things. So here we're seeing kind of Ahsoka really getting the opposite of ex, uh, the opposite experience of Anakin almost in terms of Anakin had some world experience and then went through the Jedi Order. Ahsoka went into the Jedi Order. Now she left, and she is having uh, a grittier experience of what the world around her is like, um, which I think is a good segue as we're going to get to talk about this Anakin and Ahsoka moment. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, uh, there's a few things I want to talk about with this moment. I didn't really have that like it For me, I didn't really think of it all that much. Um, the only reference I was okay. thinking about afterwards, I'm like, oh, okay. That makes more sense in terms of the Ahsoka Vader moment in Rebels. Yes, it does. But it does. I also didn't really think of that all that much when you think of the Luke Vader situation in Episode Six. Right in Empire. Or okay, well, see, I, it, it specifically made me think of. What makes me think of a? It, it becomes the third in a trilogy of moments now that I'm thinking about, but it watching it, it immediately made me think of Vader reaching out to Luke at the end of empire and Luke's in the, the sick bed in the Falcon and his arms cut off. And then he senses Vader and he's his father and they kind of reach out. Um, another very big moment in the saga for me in my own head canon. And a lot of people think it's corny, but I find it very powerful and impactful is in episode three uh, when Anakin is left alone at the Jedi Temple for Mace Windu, Kit Fisto, Stacey Tin, right. uh, those guys to go attack Palpatine, and Padme is alone at their apartment, and they look at each other without maybe necessarily knowing that they're looking at each other across the Coruscant skyline. She's staring from their apartment at the Jedi Temple. He's staring from the Jedi Temple to her apartment. They're both crying. They're both very uh, upset and troubled. And there's a Oh, well, here's to add and on it, to that. Even if... Padme mm -hmm. isn't force sens force sensitive, which we have no indication that she is. It could be right, yeah, Anakin sensing. No, it wouldn't make sense for Anakin to be sensing Luke and Leia because he didn't. He would then know that it's twins and not one kid. Well, I, I've got 
some wild head canon about what that moment means and how it ties into later events in that movie that I won't get into here. But uh, I just I think it's a powerful moment. I think they do share a connection, even if it's just an emotional connection that they share there. Um, and I, I don't think you necessarily have to be force sensitive to have a, some sort of force moment. Um, but there's, you know, we see Anakin connecting to Padme there in that moment. We see him connecting with Luke and Empire. Here we see him connecting to Ahsoka. And there's, it, I think, shows his, it is perhaps uh, an argument in favor of his attachments, that he is able to, these things that he's attached to, these things that he loves, he is able to to sense them in a way. And there's no indication, I don't think, that Anakin specifically knows it's Ahsoka he's connecting um, with in that moment. I don't know. I, I, I don't necessarily I don't, agree I don't with that. I don't think he's emotionally mature enough. I don't think he's emotionally mature enough to know that that's Ahsoka and not do something. I don't think he because he doesn't he. I don't think he could hide his emotion about that as as well as he did in this. Had he known, but yeah, I could be I could be wrong. To me, I think he just gets a feeling, a good feeling, a warm feeling. I don't know that he specifies it, but also, you know, I talk about these trilogy of moments with Padme, with Luke, now with Ahsoka. This would be the first one in that in that kind of series of moments, and you see them perhaps getting more and more refined um, as he experiences that. But I don't know. This is just um, again a lot of headcanon stuff, a lot of um, speculation. The big, important, very interesting thing I want to talk about with this moment, however is that it once again means, ladies and gentlemen, I'm so oh, sorry no. to tell you that Clone Wars is once again up to nonsense, which is to say Anakin is on Coruscant. Anakin does not come back to Coruscant from the Outer Rim sieges until the Battle of Coruscant when he is finally reunited with Padme and he says, I, don't think we, I didn't think we'd ever be brought from the Outer Rim sieges. And of course in Bad Batch... He is in the Outer Rim Sieges. So these series of episodes take place in some weird, indiscriminate time between the end of Season 5 and the Bad Batch arc. And the Clone Wars is up to their nonsense again, and I'm so sorry, listeners, if I had any control over it, they wouldn't be. Uh, And this, Pete, quite frankly, falls behind you. Last week we were talking about um, how much time had passed between Ahsoka leaving the Jedi Order and these episodes. Uh, and I had said, well, there's dozens of episodes, but I'll tell you what, there's at least four less episodes between Ahsoka leaving the temple and this episode. Because, if, again, if Anakin's on Coruscant, this episode it's takes really hard. place before Bad Batch. It's, because in Bad Batch, it is really hard, though, to try and put a timeline on all of it, because mm-hmm. I think you were telling me this once that the Yoda episode, which is episode one of the series was set before mm-hmm. the movie. Like, the movie is actually... Yes. I forget. Or no. No, oh, okay. the movie's before it, but there are several... There's an episode in season one and an episode in season two that take place before the movie. And so, for Clone Wars, season one, season two, and the first half of season three and the movie... All of those episodes take place in a very loose continuity, and there is a continuity. There is a viewing order for them. There's an established order in which they take place, but it is not viewing order. If you start at season one and you watch the episodes in the order they aired, you are not going chronologically. There's all sorts of mixed up stuff. The um, 
you know, there's Cad Bane in particular. The Cad Bane episodes are all over the place. All oh, really? over the place. It's ridiculous. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But midway through season three, uh, you will notice that Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Ahsoka all get design updates. They get new outfits, Anakin's. And Obi-Wan's kind of more closely mirror how we see them in episode three. And from that point on, most of the episodes, at least for the back half of season three, season four, and season five, all of those episodes take place in the order in which they air. However, The Lost Missions throws that into a bit of disarray. There's an arc with Rush Clovis in The the Lost Missions in season six that was supposed to air at some point during season five. So... Yeah, the beginning of Clone Wars, the first two and a half seasons, real wishy-washy continuity. But then after that, they were supposed to just be like, okay, it's a straight line now. We, we stopped with the nonsense. Um, so, yeah, this seeing Anakin on Coruscant reminded me of all that nonsense. And just, I don't know. For whatever it's worth to the listeners out there, that does imply that we are back in time. We are previous to Bad Batch, some point before season seven. And isn't that interesting? And aren't you glad I talked about it for so long? It was the first note I took. So we're all out of order for the for the notes then. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's the important thing. Um, I uh, Let's see, which of these notes to go with first? So uh, I thought it was interesting. We talk about kind of Rafa being um, a bad influence on Trace and her sort of showing Trace a specific view of the world and maybe telling the truth from a certain point of view, so to speak, and um, keeping her isolated from certain information so that she can still view her sister in a favorable light. And Ahsoka is looking at this relationship and she can see it for what it is. She knows that Rafa is giving Trace select information and, and obfuscating the truth. And I can't help but notice... To some extent, perhaps a mirror between Rafa's treatment of Trace and maybe how Ahsoka is beginning to perceive her treatment by the Jedi Order. And that the Jedi Order similarly only gives you certain parts of the truth and very much has a worldview it wants you to follow and will ignore certain things so that that worldview is Um. perpetuated. Um, and I'm wondering how Ahsoka, if Ahsoka's picking up on that, or if that's just for us, the viewers. I think that... I don't know what you think, Pete. And that was the chair, that noise. I'm all leather couch. I think that that was the... It's an academic thing that she might be thinking about, but once episode three mm-hmm. ends, she no longer has any of any of those opinions anymore because it's just a... A matter we'll of survival. Find out, I think. It's a matter of um, getting mm-hmm. um, the Jedi to survive because she certainly is completely fine with Kanan and Ezra and Kate, what Kanan is trying to do with Ezra. She doesn't try to, like, you know, Luke um, showing in his opinion of why the Jedi need to end. She has no indication. She doesn't, she would, she would not, I would not think that she would say that based on what we see from her in Rebels. But I don't think that those opinions are mutually exclusive. I think she can believe that she was wrong by the Jedi Order, but still have enough nuance of opinion to know that perhaps the Jedi are in that good. Similarly, I mean, she doesn't, she does not take active measures to stop Rafa from what she is doing. 
you know, she's just like she's not taking active measure, but, oh, the Jedi are evil. You know, and she doesn't, she doesn't go the full ambition. She doesn't say, oh, from my point of view, the Jedi are evil. Um, but it is an, I, I found it an interesting parallel. And obviously, I don't think the One Jedi One of the worst lines from episode three. Active. From my point of view, the Jedi are evil. Yeah, he, okay, quick side note. So I met Hayden Christensen. I got an autograph at um, Star Celebration Chicago. And he asked, he asked me if I would like him to personalize it. And I weirdly took that to mean, is there anything you want me to write? <laughs> uh, yeah. When in reality, I was very nervous. I was very nervous. And I, I, obviously he just meant, do you want me to write your name on it? Um, but I, I was like, uh, can you write, from my point of view, you are evil? <laughs> <laughs> and then, luckily, all these people signing have handlers. And the guy was like, no. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, my God, I'm sorry. And it, it ruined my day. I was very upset. I said something stupid, and it was very embarrassing. Was that the same day that you it, also met yeah. Billy D. Williams? No, different days, so. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> to be fair, I was also fresh off of meeting Ian McDiarmid, who um, wrote I Am the Senate on my poster that he signed, and they signed the same poster. So I don't know. I guess I was a little cocky. It was, it's always, you know, you have so many stupid ideas of what your interaction is going to be with with somebody like this, and... I always get a little uh, lightheaded, let's say. Uh, yes, from his point of view, the Jedi are evil. Uh, my last okay. substantive thing, and then I have two more nonsense things, uh, is I can't help but wonder if in these next two episodes, the Pikes um, were sort of folded into Darth Maul's, I think they're called the Sh- or, well, Maul Shadow Collective or whatever. And see, when, when Maul comes back, he just... Uh, monopolizes the whole underworld. And the Pikes are involved in that. He takes on the Pikes as well. I, he takes I, control It's of more them. of an oligopoly. And he just it's this, he just kind of encompasses them because we still got the huts. Yes. Yeah, but he goes to Jabba as well. Oh, does he tame Jabba in that in that episode too? He he uh, he puts his foot down with Jabba. He ends up in Jabba's throne room because it was it was very exciting for me. I remember the episode, and so I can't help but wonder if in these next two episodes with Ahsoka dealing with the Pikes, and we know Ahsoka shows up at the siege of Mandalore, if her interaction with the Pikes here will lead her to the circumstances we see her in in the siege. I of I, I think that this is going to. I would guess, because this is a four-episode arc, so we still have two episodes after this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would guess that we're going to have it lead into the Siege of Mandalore. Yeah. I mean, that, that makes sense to me why they would... Because why else would you put it in the middle instead of a four-bad batch? I don't know. Maybe they wanted something with more action for the first one uh, that they debuted. I don't know. Uh, my na- last two quick thoughts here. I keep getting Trace's jacket to me looks a lot like Honda Onaka's jacket. Okay. It's the same color scheme. It's sort of similarly patterned. I don't know if anyone else is picking up on that, but every time I, I see that character design, that jacket just screams Honda Onaka to me. Of course, his is very long and has tails and everything. And I'm not, I'm not implying any connection between the two, but I don't know. I've noticed that. Have you noticed that, listener? Freaking email us, please, please. PolishPodcast.gmail.com. Last thing, Kevin Kiner is back uh, scoring these episodes of The Clone Wars. He scored all of Clone Wars. He scored all of Rebels. I think he's doing great work. Uh, it's good to have him back. He really 
knows what he's doing. Even his original themes, his Ahsoka theme and stuff showing up, um, very impactful, very impactful. And he definitely deserves his place in the uh, annals of, of Star Wars music. Obviously, John Williams is the maestro, but Kevin Kiner has done a lot of really, really good work, and I'm glad to get to hear a little more of it. I, oh, um, Trace, to me, is like a person that is told to fly a plane even though all of her experience comes from the Nintendo 64 Rogue Squadron and she really has no idea what she's doing. Yeah, Keenan Thompson and Snakes on a Plane. And yeah. oh yeah, the Ke- like Keenan Thompson flying Snakes on a Plane. No, um less experience yeah, than that. Plane. Oh, okay. And Raf and Ahsoka <laughs> are kind of like, okay. Which makes me think that literally anybody can fly one of these things. Yeah, you can't help but wonder if it's supposed to be perhaps a nod to um, haters. Uh, again, the the whole Mary Sue thing with Ray, where people are like, "Oh, how does a, or how does Ray know how to fly? Oh, she's been on a desert planet. How does Ray know how to fly?" And can't you know? It sort of yeah. touches on that a little bit. So, I also got the sense, um, and similarly to Ray, Trace would have an understanding of the machine. I also got the sense that this is. Trace and Rafa are kind of like I had a friends moment with this of oh boy in the show friends they live in that like large New York apartment which would in reality be like seven thousand dollars <laughs> or six thousand dollars but like a sh- like a a chef um uh I don't even know what Phoebe does I don't think she lives with them but basically people that could not afford a seven thousand dollar apartment live there and i kept thinking that with like they're struggling to make ends meet and yet she has a ship they have a washing machine shop which is a front and has a ton of space in the back and they have the tech shop as well so i don't really think that they're on tough times as they're trying to indicate because in reality they would probably get one of those things but they're not, they're not in the hip, cool neighborhood of Coruscant. You know, it's not like they have a washing, you know, a laundromat and a, and a shop it seemed, in a nice it, it old seemed town near nice. section of Coruscant right? that the last episode ended. It's getting shaken down Yeah, well, they are not very good nice. at their job um, because Ahsoka was able to take them out pretty easily. But oh, okay. it was just, those are just my take Animal them. Crossing thoughts as I've been oh, building my island, been thinking about the, um, those things. Mm-hmm. So, um, um, great. Poeheads, I am so excited for you to listen to episode 100. It's coming up. We've already recorded it. It is. And freaking I can't wait for it to come out uh, next Tuesday. It's going to be great for quarantine. That's a great guess, Pete. It's a good guess. All right, let's ma- let's mark in the calendar. Okay, you do you. Hey, you do you. Maybe so, it will be um, out. So, if then. you want to get a hold of us, poboyspodcast at gmail We're on Instagram, Twitter at poboyspodcast. Yes. And other than that, enjoy episode one hundred. <laughs>